Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. Sheila Zelensky. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Shayla Zelensky show for this week. Hey, before I bring on my guest, who, by the way, I've had a lot of people request this guest back on the program. Before I jump into that, I just want to let people know, if you are not one of my patrons on Patreon, I do have a Patreon account, and I would really appreciate the support. Please go right now, jump on over there to SheilaZelensky.com. Look at the various ways that you can support. We've made it really easy and convenient because you've asked for it. And we've implemented some of the ways that you wanted to support. And we really appreciate that. The great thing about becoming one of my patrons is in the new year, there'll be some content that will only be exclusive to our Patreon channel. And we do send out messages. We're coordinating some great perks. I really encourage people, please become a patron today for any amount. And make sure that you are following us over there. We're posting a lot of content at SheilaZelinsky.tv. I hope you have bookmarked that. Again, at SheilaZelinsky.tv. We are trying to upload all our content over there. We constantly get asked for, hey, your YouTube channel is taken down. Where do we find your content? The great thing about this is we've incorporated a feature that you wanted, and it's a search option. As we're loading the content, we're trying to take all those shows. You can search by topic, like Freemasonry, or by guest. So that's a great feature to find all our shows housed in one spot. Again, that's SheilaZlinsky.tv. And please make sure that you are following our Telegram channel, the Sheila Zelensky Network on Telegram. And we are still on Twitter and on Facebook, as well as Instagram. I think our second YouTube channel is taken down again, by the way. So please make sure right now, go subscribe to my Rumble channel and get notifications. And lastly, make sure that you stay in the loop by going over there to SheilaZelinsky.com. Sign up for our weekly e-newsletter and you'll stay in the loop on great guests and fantastic shows. Well, I want to jump right into the program. You've asked for him, and I'm having him back on the program. It is always a fan favorite, and he is long overdue. It is my uncle, Wally Patterson, back on the program due to popular request. I really want to get into all things climate craziness with him and so much more. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome him back to the program. Uncle Wally, thanks for coming back on. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. It's been too long. Does it surprise you how quickly people acquiesce to the plan of the cabal when you look at everything cumulatively and you take a macro view and step back? Does it surprise you at all how absolutely ubiquitous and just how hard this cabal is pushing their agenda? Not at all. They've been planning this for decades. This actually really got started in 1966 because I went back to Paul Ehrlich in 1966. That's uh, actually when it really got going. But that was with Maury Strong in 1972. Since 1972, we've had five or ten years left. Ever since 1972, we've always had five or ten years left. 
Yeah, how many times has Al Gore predicted we're going to be underwater? By when now? Oh, he said in 2007 yeah, we were going to be underwater by, uh, that was uh, eight years ago, I believe, we should have been underwater. When Al Gore first made his trip, first science fiction Hollywood movie there, he called it global warming pollution. Al Gore called carbon dioxide global warming pollution. It is not. It is food for plants and trees. Carbon dioxide has been 20 times higher, if you go back 500,000 years, 20 times higher than it has been today. We've got to get the same pr predictions for the last 50 years. Nothing has changed. They just keep recycling it over and over and over. It takes 3,500 years for the oceans to rise 20 feet. And that is a fact. That's how long it would take the oceans to rise 20 feet. It would take 3,500 years for the oceans to rise 20 feet. And as far as the polar bears, there's somewhere between 30 and 40,000 polar bears. So they can forget that nonsense, too. They use that to scare the kids. That's what they're always doing. They love to go after the kids. That's what really riled me up over this stuff is the kids. Growing up should know better. Anybody with two brain cells grow up together should know better than this. But are you surprised how the public has been so duped and they don't question anything? And then, you know, the young kids certainly don't. Are you surprised at that at all, though, that people are so dumbed down? That really surprised me. Because when I got into this, I questioned everything. I got on these bird choppers years ago. So I went in there and asked them about them disgusting things. I said, what are they for? What are them bird choppers for? Oh, they're for power. I said, no, they're not. I said, I got it on video. You can actually watch this. Case against wind and solar. And I'll show you how disgusting and filthy them things are, really are. But like Tom Harris said, he said, you go to the United Nations meeting. He said, you got to, he said, they're kind of denser. He said, I get tired of coming here, but you got to admit they're kind of dense. These people are dense. And then there's my favorite, Coltrane James Hansen. Oh. In 2009, he told Obama we only, we only had five years left to save the planet. In 2014, we, we should have been done in by 2014. That was my buddy, Coltrane James Hansen. Coltrane James Hansen's been arrested seven times. He's always getting arrested. Oh, yeah, Coltrane James Hansen, who, by the way, really likes Paul Ehrlich, that neo-Malthusian snake oil salesman who thinks we should put sterilants in the drinking water and thinks that parents should have a license to have any children at all. Yeah, he actually got going in 1966, Paul Ehrlich, the population bomb. These people are nuts. They really mean what they say. And people better better get used to it because these, these people are not joking. They actually mean what they say. They're really psychopaths, sociopaths. You can call them what you want, but that's what they are. Yeah, well said. They're actually sociopathic megalomaniacs, aren't they? That's exactly what they are. You so hit the nail right on the head. Speaking of sociopathic megalomaniacs, do you remember what uh, one Barry Satoro, a.k.a. Barack Obama, said that sort of kicked this all off? we got to do something about all this carbon pollution, he said. And that was in 2007. That's when they started this. I said, what do you mean carbon pollution? I said, mm. carbon dioxide is plant food. I said, how do you get carbon pollution out of that? Well, it's, it's very simple, actually, Sheila. I mean, all you got to do is turn turn your TV on. Or go on Facebook and the brainwashing, like we got Zuckerberg on there brainwashing everybody on Facebook. They have all, pretty much all the media, like lecture said, we don't need any science, we have the media. He told you right there, he told you the truth. All the fakers. That's why I don't, if you, once you go through Operation Mockingbird, you'll never watch TV. You'll never believe, believe a thing you hear on your radio, TV. There's our problem right there. I wanted to get your take on what you, <laughs> what you thought about, of course, COP26. The Climate Change Confab. Oh, the Dictators Club. Yeah, I've seen them all there, yeah. Yeah, I see most people are having a good laugh on it on Facebook. Yeah, they had all the all the communists were there. Lord Monkton called them communists. He said all the communists were there. She, even they don't believe a word they say. No, that's just for us little people. John <laughs> Kerry, your best scientist, and old Beijing Biden, they all fell asleep. 
communist China didn't even show up. They're the big players behind this, hey? Because they don't believe a word they say. That's why they don't <laughs> show up. They're just set, sitting back laughing while they're building their coal fire plants. By the, China's building a new coal pl fire plant every week. I know that. Of course, they're sending them bad slicing bird chopping eco crucifixes over here from China. That's where we're getting them things. And, uh, we're getting all them, them disgusting, filthy child labor. Them lithium, that's his disgusting, filthy stuff. That comes from communist China. Yeah. We're getting all that here. That's all child labor. Little Chinese communist kids have to dig that out by hand. Nobody wants that crap. No, they Except don't. the climate cult, they're all pushing for it. Toxic poison, did you see the toxic poisons and the pollutants that pour out of them things? But them windmills, them solar panels, and them electric cars, that is disgusting. Yeah. I actually have that video on my Facebook. Environmental case against wind and solar, that is an excellent video. How they chop up birds, kill the eagles, chop up birds. They kill whales with their ponies. We've got them big bird choppers in the oceans, flopping around there in the mess up the whales, sonar, the whales beach, and they die. So when they're pushing out all that green garbage on Facebook, I just, I just put more green lies. Watch the environmental case against wind and solar. Of course, then they take me off there right away. Eh? Nobody wants their little Teslas and their, their goofy little greeny cars either. But that's all this is based on. It's a so-called climate emergency. Right. Which there is no climate emergency. You go to the United Nations, what they really are, they're a bunch of communists. We're going to just start calling them communists because that's what they really are. Fossil fuels actually clean up the environment, so I don't really know what we live on. What are we going to live on? Uses bird chopping windmills <laughs> or filthy, disgusting solar panels? What are we going to live on? They're just nothing but a joke, them things. Powered by coal or diesel powered, that's all on my Facebook. They're them disgusting, filthy things. Nobody wants them. They're filthy, they're disgusting, they're dirty. They're all made in communist China. That's why they're pushing communist China on Facebook so much. China, Russia, India, they're the big players behind this, eh? I mean, they're not going to do anything. No. They're building coal fire plants by the hundreds over there. They don't, they don't give two hoots about this climate crap. You know, they always say, oh, we struck a deal. The deal aimed at staving off dangerous climate change. I mean, do you just almost laugh at the, the absurdity of it? Well, you have to laugh. Dangerous climate change. I mean, the climate's been changing since the beginning of time. It always did and it always will. The media actually changed it from global warming to climate change because the global warming wasn't working out for them, so they changed it to climate change. It all goes back to Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, actually, Sheila. When Al Gore first made his first science fiction Hollywood movie there, he called it global warming pollution. Al Gore calls carbon dioxide global warming pollution. It is not. It is food for plants and trees. Carbon dioxide has been 20 times higher, if you go back 500,000 years, 20 times higher than it has been today. We've got to get the same pr predictions for the last 50 years. Nothing has changed. <laughs> you got that right. Nothing has changed. Same narrative. Speaking of narratives, you should have seen Michael Mann's tweet. I thought you would have loved this coming out of COP. Still yammering on that it's Trump's fault for pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord. Well, you know what? All these tornadoes we're seeing in the Midwest, it's because of this deadly climate crisis and Trump could have done something about it. Michael Mann said Trump has to learn. Michael Mann said Trump starts floods, droughts, hurricanes, tornadoes, and wildfires. Trump has to learn about climate change. That's our buddy Michael Mann. I said, Gene, I said, every time there's a flood or a drought or a hurricane or a tornado or anything like that, I said, Trump did it. It's Trump's fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did it. Well, let's talk about Michael E. Mann. Um, did you get a chance to read his disgusting book yet? No, but I seen him on Facebook. He's calling for the climate emergency. I seen him on Facebook. I said, oh, it's you again. We already took you apart. What do we got to do it again? 
since he loves the hockey stick climate model so much, what do you think we give him a little uh, hockey stick therapy? He could be toting around in the end of a hockey stick. What do you think of that? I figured that would be a great idea. In fact, we'd have to get a whole truckload of hockey sticks. Michael Mann and all, all, his, <laughs> yeah, all his friends are... I got all the climate... I got the climate criminals right here for you, Sheila, if you'd like them to read them off for you. Yeah, read them off. Okay, we got Al Gore. We got Michael Mann. We got the railroad engineer. Global warming is our religion. Railroad engineer. More information on the guy Earth warshippers. Gore describes carbon dioxide as global warming pollution. It is not. It is food for plants and trees. Nothing annoys the warmest. I do this on Facebook. They, they get on me. Nothing annoys the warmest more than be told that their favorite earth destroying trace gas, CO2, is a harmless, beneficial plant food, is actually greening the planet. The planet is getting greener and greener and greener. Not really annoys the greenies. Their favorite earth destroying trace gas. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love doing that too. We need uh, 1,500 parts per million. We're, we're just over 400 parts per million. Now we need 1,500 parts per million. William Hopper says we need at least a thousand parts, at least a thousand parts per million. So we need at least a thousand parts per million, and it's been quite higher than that. Every year, we're one more year to save the planet, one more year to save the planet. This has been going on since 1972 with Maurice Strong. Okay, Wally, what do you think? Decarbonization. There's a great word they're using at COP26. Yeah, that's just like carbon neutral, yeah. The only way they could do that is blow up the earth because uh, as far as humans are about 3% of the carbon dioxide and majority of it comes from the ocean. So the only way they could do that, Cheetahs, is blow the earth, earth up completely. Yeah. And as far as their uh, three degrees and all that BS they're talking about, that's in them stupid climate models. The Maxbox 360, PlayStation climate models, that's where they get this BS from. They just make this crap up. And of course, that's 100 years from now, Cheetah. But I can tell you what the, what the weather is going to be like 100, in 100 years from now. It'll be whatever, whatever it's supposed to be. For all we know, we could be in another ice age. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great? That's what I'm worried about. Not some hack politician preaching away like a communist buffoon. That's all that Boris Johnson really is. None of these idiots know what plant food is. Humans are the problem, is what they're saying. Yeah, you're the carbon they don't like, Sheila. Did you know if you actually breathe on plants, it actually, actually helps them grow, and that's a scientific fact. I teach my great-grandkids that. It actually helps them grow more carbon dioxide, which is plant food, it actually helps plants grow. So every time I hear some hack politician calling carbon dioxide pollution or pollutant or some stupid thing like that, I just get wild. That's so unscientific. I mean, what kind of a scientist would talk like that? You know, I mean, you've got to be, I mean, you've got to be a little bit stupid or, I mean, you've got to have something wrong with you. And people listen to this crap. That's what really gets me. This climate emergency, there's this stupid so-called climate emergency, that's all based on these stupid climate models, too. We talked about these climate models. Before I could throw a box on the rock to ground and predict weather better than climate models, they can't even predict the past, let alone the future. Them stupid climate models, that's how good them things are. Now, how many countless ice ages have we been through? Do a little bit of research and see how many countless ice ages we've been through. I mean, the climate's always changing, always did, and always will, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I love this New York Times headlines. China pledges to stop building coal-burning power plants. Really? <laughs> yeah, they build a new coal fire plant at least once a week in, in China, yeah. They're doing what we should be doing. There. We should be building coal fire plants. We should be fracking. We should, you know, our oil, our gas, our coal, we should be using everything. That's exactly what we should be doing. That goes back to old Barry Satoro, Obama. If you build a coal fire plant, I will bankrupt you. Guess what state? That was in, guess what year? 2007. 2008, and it was in California. If you build a coal fire plant, we will bankrupt you. That's where that come from, yeah. 
Well, China and Russia aren't even implementing anything, so... That's definitely a big scam. Like, Putin didn't even go. And that communist from China, he didn't go either. What's his name? Because, I mean, they're all doing their work. I mean, I'm communist, but the United Nations are all doing their work for them. Indian ain't going to do nothing. Communist China ain't going to do nothing. Russia ain't going to do nothing. And they're having a great laugh over this. This is just for the West. This is just for us. Listen to this. It's just up as of an hour ago. It says, China urges developed countries to take the lead in cutting out coal. What a laugh. That is a laugh. China, yeah, all the coal fire plants China's building, they're going to tell us to cut out coal? I don't think so. No, thank you, China. We'll build, we're gonna, we should be building coal fire plants just like you are. Another thing we should build is nuclear plants. But, of course, uh, the fakers, all the fakers, we got everybody so scared of nuclear, but that's actually what we should be doing is building nuclear plants. You know, you can go on all the fakers now. They get on nuclear, how bad it is. I researched it, and that is, that is the answer. Yeah, the green lies perpetrated by the green fraudsters. I noticed down there they never followed any of their rules. You notice that? Yeah, I noticed he was over there, over there in their private jets and their limousines. They got all their SUVs. They're driving down the road. They got all their SUVs. They got all their limousines over there. And they got these stupid, useless electric cars sitting there just for show. I suppose soccer shouldn't have fallen for that crap. When I see that crap on Facebook. China's behind all that crap. That's why they're doing it. And of course, Biden and Nancy Pelosi got their fingers until like these useless Teslas. Nobody wants that garbage. In fact, the cleanest vehicle you can drive is the one you got in your driveway right now, Sheila. You take them filthy, dirty, disgusting windmills and solar panels, them electric cars are all the same thing. Now, that's real pollution. If you go on there and watch on my website, and you watch the filth and the disgusting filth that comes out of them things. And then they got child labor doing that thing. That, that is really sad. But they're just, they're just using all these communist politicians just for just nothing but a big joke. That's all this crap is. Well, it is. And it's brought to you by the United Nations, our favorite organization, not... The United Nations is anti-God, anti-family, anti-human, anti-freedom. Every mass murdering dictator in the world runs at United Nations. That's why I need to be shut down, Sheila. Every mass murdering dictator in the world goes at United Nations. That's why we call them communists. Bernie's got his fingers in there, too. Bernie Sanders, I strongly support abortion and population control. Nancy does, too. She bought a bunch of Elon Musk stock there for them useless gross, disgusting things. Tesla, run by coal, run by gas, run by diesel. Yeah, they're six miles to the gallon, yeah. COP26, they got them all parked there just for show. They're all driving their SUVs and their limousines and flying their private jets. Yeah, they don't believe a word they say, Sheila. I put that on for everybody so they can actually watch that. See, why they're doing this, Sheila, it goes back to the Great Reset. It's about taking our freedom away. That's what they're trying to do with these stupid useless electric vehicles. That's why they're pushing them things. They charge them up with gas-powered generators, diesel-powered generators behind them, burning coal, diesel. Uh, yeah, they're quite a show them these disgusting, filthy things. But here's another one we should play for the folks, Sheila. Al Gore wants ubiquitous population control for the climate. The high priest of the global warming cult, Al Gore himself, we should play that for the people too. They'll never hear that on the fake news anywhere either. Al Gore wants ubiquitous population control for the planet. Okay, let's play that clip with Alex Newman. Let's take a listen. Something we've actually already touched on, just how anti-human the climate change movement is. Al Gore sees the climate change agenda as a vehicle towards population control. Now, they never ever say whose population is being controlled or by whom, but I'm willing to guess it's not Al Gore's. 
it's probably yours and mine. <laughs> That's exactly right. It, it, it's so funny, the hypocrisy, so funny. too. You know, uh, Al Gore's got four children of his own. Uh, then Ted Turner, another one of these big uh, population control zealots. I actually got a chance to ask him a couple of questions down in Rio de Janeiro, where he was down there promoting population control. Turns out he's got five children, right? So it, it's always us who need to not have children and not consume resources and ride our bikes and all the rest of it. But there is, you know, a very, very sinister side to this movement. And they typically don't talk about it in terms that would alarm people. They couch it in, oh, we just need population control because there's pressure on the Earth's resources and things like this. But Al Gore gave some really interesting hints about his agenda. He he put up some graphs there, and I, I actually sat through his whole speech with, you know, in, in Poland, which was probably a waste of an hour, but it did it did produce an article for me. And people like to read about Al Gore because he's wrong so often, and of course yeah. it snowed when he arrived, right? But he put up these graphs on there, and he showed the population of China, which had leveled off, and he, he didn't explain how that was achieved if he had gone a little further he would have pointed out that this involves some of the most barbarous policies you can imagine right uh, in china with working with planned parenthood and with the un population fund and this has come out in congressional hearings in the united states they have enforced a one child policy for many decades now it's two children it's just as brutal but you're allowed to have two and this involves forced abortions right if they find a pregnant woman who has already exceeded her quota of babies right so she already has one baby they will literally strap the woman to a table and kill her baby and this is the lengths they're willing to go to to suppress the human population. The UN has a whole agency, the UN Population Fund, that runs around. They put out a report a couple years ago about how there's too many Africans. How are we going to get the Africans to stop having babies? I mean, this is so racist. If a conservative said something like that, you know, they'd be tarred and feathered by the next morning. And yet the UN does it with our tax money and no one complains. So Al Gore actually showed on his thing. Well, here's the population of Africans and it's still going up. Uh, and here's the Chinese. Look how great they did. You know, when you start listening, when you start picking up on these little cues, a whole bunch of the UN climate people have praised communist China. Cristiana Figueres said China's doing it right on climate policies. And in Copenhagen, I was actually at the UN climate summit where the Chinese delegation said, hey, our one child policy has resulted in 300 million fewer births. If you add this much CO2 emissions per human, we, you can see that we've drastically reduced our CO2 emissions by cutting the population. And all I could think to myself was, yeah, how many forced abortions did you do to get those numbers? How many women did you terrorize? How many husbands did you beat up so you could kidnap their wives and kill their babies? This is absolutely sick. And I hope people will realize that these people are not your friend and they will go to extreme lengths to uh, bring your life, your family, your freedom under their control. So United yeah. Nations, back to that. I mean, it is really important that people understand the very nefarious Peace to the, and we talk about this in our last show, these United Nations peacekeeping troops. In fact, I think just for the folks, I'm going to play this clip. And then that's where that George Bush Sr. does the whole, the credible United Nations. And we will, he says, the creepy freak. Let's take a listen. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. George H.W. Bush. Now that wasn't creepy, that speech, right? Well, let me read you the whole entire thing that he said. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, 
not the law that jungle governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and the vision of the UN's founders. And so what is the United Nations founders' vision and promise? A global government. How creepy is that, hey? That is scary. Talk about pedophiles. I know Dallin was talking about pedophiles. I said, well, I was saying, saying to myself, well, that'd be a good place to start would be that uh, credible United Nations. Talk about child rapists, machine gun you to death. You know, you, they rape your kids. They rape, rape women, rape kids, rape women, machine gun all the men. That is a terrible, disgusting hole that United Nations. Just how anti-human the United Nations is, that's what people need to research. Just how, and see just how anti-human they really are. It needs to be shut down. That actually goes back to Alice Bailey and Lucifer's Trust Publishing Company. The New Age Occult Movement, that goes back to Alice Bailey, Lucifer's Publishing Company, yeah, the United Nations. The New Age Occult Movement. Alice that's, Bailey that's, wrote that's, the 24 volumes of the occult while in a trance from her ascended master, she says. And that is one sick, disgusting... Well, she wrote the occult. She did, yeah. That's what they're into. They're really into the occult. Like, you get into Planned Parenthood, like, they start hollering, Hail Satan, Hail Satan, Hail Satan. That's how disgusting these people are. People don't realize it because, uh, I mean, the fake media is never going to tell you that. No, that's right. Well, speaking of the fake media never telling you something, I want to take a listen to the amazing Will Happer. This is one of my favorite clips. Let's take a listen, everyone. Carbon dioxide, those of us who are old enough to remember uh, learning about this in, in our younger years, this is the stuff that we put out after we take in the that's oxygen. Right, that's uh, right. You know, our breath when we exhale is about 40,000 parts per million carbon dioxide, 4%. You probably remember from high school chemistry, you can blow through a straw into lime water and you get this cloud of white particles forming. So it's a perfectly natural thing. And in fact, we're in a bit of a carbon dioxide famine now. If you look over geological history, it's been much higher than now. Most of the time, most plants do better with more carbon dioxide than they have now. So there, it's just a complete distortion of the truth to call it a pollutant. It's not a pollutant at all. It began to uh, get legs in the 70s and 80s. There was a uh, Academy of Sciences report. It got latched on by green politicians. Al Gore is a person who comes to mind, but there are many others. So people saw uh, a way to make a buck in uh, demonizing CO2, and that's what's happened. What are some of the things that people should know that would help them realize that this myth of carbon pollution is in fact a myth? Well, one obvious thing is that greenhouse operators, you know, who grow tomatoes, flowers, intentionally increase the CO2 concentration in the greenhouse by factors two, three, four. You have to pay to do that, you know, you have to pay for the CO2, but it's still worth doing it because the plants grow so much better with more CO2. There you have it. A very good explanation on CO2. Let's listen to Patrick Moore. This is also an incredible clip. Let's take a listen. Speaking of CO2. 
to see what's happening in Alberta, for example, with they're saying they're going to shut down these state-of-the-art coal plants that are clean by any definition of the word pollution, but they're doing it because of CO2. They're not doing it because of pollution. They're doing it because the carbon dioxide is bad, they say. Well, Canada's forests are absorbing more carbon dioxide from the atmosphere every day than we are putting in through the burning of fossil fuels, a lot more. So Canada is actually not only carbon neutral, but carbon negative. It's not, it's not a dangerous thing. It is actually what life is made of. Surely most people know this, that all life is carbon-based. Where did the carbon come from? The CO2 in the atmosphere. Plants breathe CO2 just like we breathe oxygen. We breathe out CO2, which is the same CO2 that those plants took in mm -hmm. when they created themselves through photosynthesis. So rather than being a toxic pollutant or the enemy of life, CO2 is the fabric of life. It is the building block of life. Okay, and let's listen to this one. I like this one as well. Let's take a listen. We are told the debate on climate change is over. We are told people are dying from a climate crisis. We are told the world will end in 12 years. We are told this is our fault, all caused by carbon dioxide created by the energy that powers our lives. This is not true. These claims are not supported by the data to date. We are the CO2 Coalition, a research organization of over 50 climate scientists and energy economists. We are saving the people of the planet from the people who claim they are saving the planet. We are changing the conversation about climate and carbon dioxide a mild warming gas and a powerful plant food. We know the benefits of CO2. Food can be grown where it wasn't grown before. It has increased crop harvest by a third. Farmers pump it into their greenhouses to produce more food for your family. CO2 has greened the globe in the last 100 years. Many deserts are shrinking because of new plant growth. Trees are growing larger and more efficient with less water required. CO2 is a beneficial byproduct of the cheap, reliable energy that is raising life expectancy all over the world. Even the UN admits, there has been no increase in hurricanes, droughts, floods, and rate of sea level rise in the last 100 years. Politicians are pushing policies which will reduce our prosperity and jeopardize our food security. So why give in to fear and destroy our economy when we can reduce poverty, improve health and longevity, Increase prosperity for billions around the world. Carbon dioxide, part of a greener future. And lastly, two incredible men, Richard Linsden, one of the smartest physicists on the planet, meteorology and atmospheric photochemistry, just an incredibly smart dude, and the other smartest dude that I know. So in other words, two of the smartest dudes come together for this interview. It's a little long, but I think it's really important. So let's take a listen. Richard Lindzen, William Happer, thank you both for coming on the show. It's an honor. President Biden is hosting a summit tonight, our time, to fight what he calls a climate emergency. His climate envoy, John Kerry, says it's an existential crisis. And 101 Nobel laureates, including the Dalai Lama, says, yes, we do face a climate catastrophe. Action, please. Are they all right? Professor Linson, if I could start with you. No, of course not. I mean, it's ludicrous. It's amazing how you can get this sort of enthusiasm for something so profoundly implausible. You know, if I trace back, it's, it's a purely political narrative. The notion of climate as an existential threat is something even the enthusiasts for climate alarm don't suggest, not the UN's IPCC, uh, hardly anyone. 
But uh, the politicians realize that uh, their political aims are so extraordinarily expensive and damaging that the only excuse they could give for them is that it's an existential threat. And for some reason, this appeals to them. Well, it does. Professor Happer, looking around at the data, looking out the door, I mean, are you seeing the existential threat, the climate disasters, the terrible catastrophe that we're told day in, day out is confronting us? I would say that all of the uh, objective evidence is that in the increases in CO2 are benefiting the earth. You know, the earth is getting greener, deserts are shrinking, none of the terrible things you hear are happening, you know, and the opposite is happening. And uh, that's completely expected because most of geological history, CO2 levels have been much higher than now, you know, they've been three, four, five times higher than now. And plants are adapted to growing at much higher CO2 levels. And, of course, we, we depend on plant growth for our survival. And so there's nothing bad about increasing carbon dioxide. Professor Linson, uh, looking at the latest satellite data, the University of Alabama at Huntsville uh, data from the uh, NOAA satellites up, up there, I know it's a mistake always to go in a month of data, the latest month of data or even the latest year, but it shows the temperature in March for the planet was just below the long-term average from the end of uh, last century. Um, are we actually seeing the global warming that the climate models have predicted? Of course not. I mean, virtually every model is exaggerated. The predictions it made some years ago all were much higher than we've seen. And, you know, we have no reason to believe that what we've seen is due to CO2. When this issue began, you know, 30 some odd years ago, they would point to the record. I guess they assumed correctly that people wouldn't notice a graph that was going up was only going up a fraction of a degree. People seem to have no conception of magnitude. But it was negligible. It was, you know, poorly measured. Just was silly. Now, I think... What I see in the literature, you know, on newspapers and so on, not the scientific literature, is they've dropped really most pretense that they're talking about temperature. They'll show a picture of a glacier retreating and people will go, that's terrible and we must do something. But this has long since left science, even though they've managed to entrain all sorts of scientific organizations into endorsing them, many of them having no relation to climate whatever. And yet there has been, Professor Happer, a very slight warming over the last century and a half. Uh, You've already mentioned that there has been a greening of the planet. We've seen that from NASA satellite data again, a greening over the last 20 years. Now, if there is a continued warming, is that overall good for us or bad for us? Well, I think it's clear that modest warming is good for the uh, world. For example, if you look at excess deaths of humans, uh, there are far more deaths from cold than there are from warmth. So none of this is bad. It will give longer growing seasons, you know, better crop yields. There's nothing to fear from warming. But Professor Lipson, when we mention this sort of thing, we're told, uh, oh yes, a little warming might be good. But then there's a tipping point, and then it's going to be a catastrophe. Can you tell me what warming do you predict by, say, I don't know, the end of the century, and when will any warming become a problem for us? 
I don't anticipate much more change in temperature, either cooling or warming, than a degree by the end of the century. But, you know, very few people even know what this metric is. How do you take the temperature of the Earth? I mean, you know, without getting obscene, I don't know how you do it. I mean, you know, what would be the point of the prediction even? It wouldn't tell you anything about your location. That's true, and uh, none of us will be around to see whether it's true or not anyway. Um, Professor Hacker, <laughs> even if the warming continues, even if it then starts to be more bad for us than good, can you tell me what it is, in fact, that we could possibly do to stop it that where the pain would be worth the gain, the pain of cutting our emissions and spending all these billions of dollars, trillions of dollars to retool our economies? At what point do you think we should say, hey, listen, this may not actually be worth it? Well, uh, there's no uh, value to anything that's being proposed by the politicians, even if you take the flawed computer models that are used to generate alarmist scenarios, they show that these horrendous measures, which will hurt poor people most, lower income people most, at most limit of forecasted temperatures by a fraction of a degree. You can't even feel a fraction of a degree. People don't realize how small the effects of uh, CO2 are. Go ahead, Professor Linson. Will was suggesting that before, but the Earth has generally been much higher CO2. It's changed temperature, and there's been almost no correlation. Could not have said it better, as Richard Linson just said, there's almost no correlation. Well, I want to switch gears and I want to talk about your favorite guy, <laughs> not David, fruit fly, Suzuki, the little tree hugging dirt worshiper that he is, trying to shut down pipelines in the West. What do you think of that? Oh, or the guy worshiper. Yeah, I actually had a little short video. I thought about putting him on there too, but I didn't. He loves Gaia and the pipelines are going to be blown up. Let's hear that clip. We're in deep, deep doo-doo, and they've been telling us, the leading experts, for over 40 years. This is what we're come to. The next stage after this is there are going to be pipelines blown up if our leaders don't pay attention to what's going on. Pipelines will be blown up, he said, if leaders don't act. Yeah, I know. Yeah, actually, uh, it seems we've done a video on that little Gaia worshipper, did we not, Sheila? We did so. Even in Mitchie loved the James Lovelock Gaia hypothesis. What do you say? It's a new vision for science. Gaia. Let's take a listen to David Fruitfly Suzuki, who thinks we're maggots. James Lovelock saw the planet as a living entity, cycling the crucial elements, earth, air, fire, and water. It was a new vision for science. He named this planetary entity Gaia, after the Greek goddess who first drew the world from chaos, breathing life and form into matter. What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah. Your goddess Gaia. You know, all about Mother Earth. How about your goddess Gaia there, fruit fly? What do you think of it now? Little Gaia worshipper. I can't stand him. He's got quite a cult following, old fruit fly. Yeah, I went on his Facebook there. Then he gets talking, and then he's standing there with the Indians talking about Mother Earth. And oh, he's, and then they tell our, our little kids, they tell our kids, our kids are astronauts of Mother Earth. Oh. Yeah, that's what they tell our kids. <laughs> no, he was just a babbling idiot. What, what do you mean? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> then he gets later on, he gets talking about Gaia, Mother Earth. Yeah, that goes back to the, the goddess Gaia. That's, yeah, we'll have to do it. We'll have to do a story on the goddess Gaia, the religion of environmentalists. We'll do a story on that here one of these days. It's actually really sad that Suzuki and all these green hucksters get away with this, though, really. 
Oh, these greenies just play on people's stupidity. That's how they get away with this. I mean, that's exactly how they get away with it. And, you know, the sad part is they even know it. They know it exactly what they're doing. Yeah, that's right. Oh, hey, I was thinking Suzuki. That's another one we should use a little hockey stick therapy on, huh? <laughs> I give that, that little midget a hockey stick, all right. Him and that old gore are worse than child molesters. Yeah. That's how you can look at proof play. Yeah, yeah, I put on Facebook. Watch out for Al Gore, David Suzuki, proof play David Suzuki in the Pembley Institute. The little guy I wore shipper, you know, hippie loves to call people maggots. Oh, yeah, let's play that clip of him. We're pretty much just maggots. Let's listen. That basically, you know, I study fruit flies. And I suddenly realized that basically we're all fruit flies. But at some point you hatch out. You hatch out as a maggot. <laughs> a maggot can now crawl around and it defecates all over the environment. You become a second level maggot. You know, a bigger maggot. It even looks different. Most people in the world are content to stay as first or second level maggots. Yeah, I noticed on the Suzuki Foundation, he's got this climate emergency thing on his Facebook page. Zuckerberg's pushing that climate emergency stuff on Facebook. Facebook considering editorializing climate change posts. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, they told me that on there, yeah. We don't want no climate deniers on Facebook, they said. I said, well, I'm not a climate. What am I denying? I'm not denying anything. I asked they- Dr. Tim Ball why they call why they call people climate deniers. This was years ago. And he said, well, they, they can't win the debate, so they just call you they just call you names. They'll just call you a denier. Eh? So I put on there, there is no climate emergency. There's not. Any, then right. Zuckerberg will put fake on there. Yeah, he's, he's always pulling out her. I'll put gas prices on her. Always complaining about her gas prices. I put that on her, and they put fake on that, too, the, of course. The false information police. Yeah, I put another piece on there, too, from what's up with that there on Facebook. How fake that phony Facebook really is. Like, everything on Facebook is being, we're being brainwashed by Zuckerberg and that. That's a, that he's the big one behind it, hey? Well, I like this uh, article up on your page. It says, net zero is a disastrous solution to a non-existent problem. That is exactly right. Sheila, what do you do about the non-problem of global warming? You have to have the courage to do nothing. Have the courage to do nothing. The suicidal net zero carbon emissions plan, that goes right along with carbon neutral and all the rest of them, Sheila. It's a suicidal carbon neutral death cult. That's what they are. And then it goes along with that suicidal net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Yeah, that's just suicide. That's all exactly what that is. That's what they're pushing. They don't believe a word they say anyway. That's why they all fell asleep there. And I also put on their fossil fuels act to clean up the environment. Well, for starters, CO2 is not the dreaded killer greenhouse gas at the 92 Earth Summit in Rio said it was. Remember, you know, increased CO2 in the atmosphere. They really, really demonized that, didn't they? Yeah, it's funny how they demonize plant food. That always amazed me. <laughs> Fact of the matter is, I was, I was wondering what this, what a kind of crackpot pseudoscientist carbon tax was based on, Sheila. That's the one problem I have with all these this green agendas. What, what is this carbon tax based on? Here's what we need what we need to do, Sheila. We need to shut down every solar and wind farm, scrap the carbon tax, and abolish the EPA. Absolutely. And get rid of the United Nations. And while we're at it, the United Nations little phony climate group, the IPCC. The IPCC is a political body, not a scientific body. They say that right in their own writing that they're not a science body. No, they're not a science body, they're a political body. That goes back to Kyoto Protocol. I remember that. Kyoto Protocol back in, in the 90s, the Kyoto Protocol was nothing but a social scheme to suck money out of the West. But I thought everybody might want to know that the IPCC is a political body, not a scientific body. Well, a hotter future is certain, according to that report. 
based on what? Xbox 360, PlayStation, IPCC, climate models? I could throw a box of rocks on the ground street and predict better weather than climate models. Guess who one of our little pals uh, developed the climate model? Remember who that is? Oh, uh, we were going to get a truckload of hockey sticks for that fellow, were we not? We were going to get a truckload of hockey sticks, and uh, I think we were going to give him some hockey stick therapy. Was that it? (laughs) (laughs) We were going to give him a little hockey stick therapy. Yeah, we will give him a little hockey stick therapy right where the sun don't shine. Climate criminal Michael Mann. Guess what he tweeted out? Michael Mann said Trump starts floods, droughts, hurricanes, tornadoes, and wildfires. Yeah, you know what else he says? Science denial is harsh, and it kills people. Yeah, the only, let's see, when it comes to climate denial, that would be Michael Mann, yeah. They, she, they tell you tell you what they are. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how that works. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? On Facebook, they said, we don't want no climate deniers on here. I said, I said all you climate deniers, are funny. it's funny you're all on Facebook or on TV. The people that uh, won't debate is you so-called climate deniers on uh, Facebook. You won't debate. Listen to this. In 2015, Donald Trump used Twitter to dismiss the threat of human-caused climate change as a hoax. How dare him? Yeah, yeah, that's really quite sad, isn't it? Actually, who's who's the guy that started this? Was it, remember, let's see, that was in 2007. Wasn't that uh, Barack Obama, a, a.k.a. Barry Satoro, in 2007? He decided that he didn't uh, like CO2, didn't he? He decided to call the gas we, we exhale pollution. That was in uh, 2007. I wonder how he got away with that. Oh, he just got a, got a bunch of tree huggers in that, like a Greenpeace, the World Wildlife Fund, the Sierra Club, and all them creepy little greeny groups there. Greenpeace, it's always Greenpeace, it's always in there. Oh, yeah. They, they get them in there, and that, that's, where they, that's where they get this from. And you should see the following they have on Facebook, see that, and anti, anti-human Greenpeace. That's why Patrick Moore quit them, because they're so anti-human. That's right. Do you know that the last couple of years they've raked in $70 million? Oh, I know. And they have like almost no, 3,000 staff. Well, the money they drag in, them anti-human little greenies, <laughs> just stagger you. Like the Sierra Club, that Michael Broom from the Sierra Club. Yeah, he he figures all people should die. He, he drags in over 2 million a year. Sheeta, we should have joined that. We, we had the chance to get in there. We could have been, we could have joined Big Eco and been rich and famous. Yeah, gee, I'm not quite that anti-human. That's why I didn't get into it. When... Yeah, a bunch of these... Uh... Fools were retweeting some of Michael Brune with the Sierra Club, actually retweeting, of course, Klaus Schwab and all his little greeny Hollywood actors. Oh, them social Hollywood actors, too. <laughs> yeah, you will, have, you will have nothing and be happy. It's not for them, though. It's just for us that we're going to have nothing and be happy. Meanwhile, they can still live their lascivious lifestyles, though. We're going we're gonna to have to do a piece just on, on Hollywood actors. Well, you know what Robert Redford said? If they don't declare CO2 a pollutant, I'm going to be devastated. Robert said, if the EPA fails to call carbon dioxide a pollutant, I'm going to be devastated. Him and his little pal Jane Hanoi Fonda. Yeah, I was just looking at Hanoi Jane here the other day there. And Arnold Schwarzenegger on there, he's got, uh, I think he's got six vehicles on one private jet. Oh, you mean the Hummer driving um, Arnie? Yeah, he's got six. Yeah, he's got a Jeep and he's got a Camaro. He's got a five or six vehicles. Then I was looking at the, your buddy there. What's his name? Harrison Ford. He's got uh, he's got one jet and uh, seven airplanes. I uh, see he's got his 55 Chev in there because uh, he was on American Graffiti. So I see he's got that in there. He's got six or seven vehicles, gas-powered vehicles. Harrison Ford does, hey? Indiana Jones and the Temple of Climate Hypocrisy. Is that a way to say 
it. <laughs> yeah. Harrison Ford eats. He takes private jet trips. He eats burgers when he tells us we should be eating Beyond Meat. You know, he made a speech which trashed Americans' position in the world, claiming that the U.S. lost its moral leadership. And he was always tweeting out his disdain for President Trump's climate policies. Yeah, all of them, yeah, just go to California. In fact, I did a, I got a good one on the left coast for you, Sheila, here, in their environmentalism. Talk about the left coast and their environmentalism. Holy Toledo, are they ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just laughing at that. I was reading about it here the other day. Here's another one, Sheila. Here's this George Moonbat. He's on Facebook. He's on the fake, fake news Guardian. He's always on there. Environmentalist George Moonbat, advisor to Greta Thunberg, said, in 2019, we've got to go straight to the heart of capitalism and overthrow it. George Moonbat on fake news Facebook on the Guardian. I'm always on him. People on there, he put like. I said, he's a socialist. Tax the air we breathe and the water we drink. That's what it's all about. Well, when Arnie was governor of California, he wanted to tax the air we breathe and bring in the tax on water, if you can believe it. Gordon Campbell brought up the Hummer driving Schwarzenegger here in 2007. It's funny, his father's an SS Nazi. Did, I think I sent that to you, did I not? Yeah, you did. He was actually an SS Nazi sergeant. He was up there pretty high, Sheila. He's pretty proud of his, his SS Nazi father. Jack Prasobiak shared this. Arnold Schwarzenegger's father was a member of Hitler's brown shirts and served as a first sergeant in the Wehrmacht. Yeah, that's true. Who's that other guy with the UN that was a SS Nazi? Kurt Waldkine, UN Secretary, General Manager, and former SS Nazi Kurt Waldkine. Yeah, that's why I get on the United Nations all the time and they're SS Nazis. I thought my dad might like that. Yeah, I'm sure the guys that uh, stormed the beaches would really like that, wouldn't they? Boy, they got every creep in the universe working for that United Nations. And they had a, a one uh, secretary general manager from the United Nations. He was from communist Russia. I think he was their first one, communist Russia, where Earth Day started. Look at these list of weirdos. Antonio Guterres, current one, that Ban Ki-moon with a psycho coffee and on. That's another guy right out of the pits of hell. Abdullah Saheed, that guy was a freak of nature. I mean, every former... Secretary General is just one mass-murdering dictator. Oh, I've been saying that. They got every mass-murdering dictator you can think of in the United Nations. Don't forget about our little uh, uh, George Bush, but a big, it's a big idea in the New World Order with a credible United Nations. Yeah. Our, our peacekeepers. I'll link the show I did on the United Nations, the mass-murdering, psychotic United Nations peacekeeping troops. Remember we called it a piece of a dead body here, a piece of a kid's arm here. I mean, that is sick, isn't it? That is how, that's a, that, that's what I was saying when Dallin was talking about pedophiles. I said, well, there's a good place for you to start, right, with that United Nations peacekeeping. Talk about pedophiles. That is disgusting. They come in there with their machine guns, their tanks. They uh, machine gun to death. They rape the women and kids. They, they kill everybody. I mean, they, they talk about raping the little boys. They rape little girls. They, they rape the women and kids. And they're just machine gun you to death. They, that is one disgusting hold on the United Nations. It needs to be shut down. People got to understand just how anti-human the United Nations is. I can't emphasize that enough. The United Nations Population Control Fund, we got to get that out, Sheila. That's what they always talk about. The United Nations Population Control Fund. Yeah. We have to get out of the United Nations. You got that right. I like just like your sticker there. I like your other sticker. What's that one about two of our top vaccine pushing scientists? Yeah, I have that on my pickup. Arrest Fauci, arrest Bill Gates. Our little buddy Fauci will go down as the biggest mass murderer in the history of the world. And that's Anthony Fauci. 
Fauci will go down go down as the biggest mass murder in the history of United in the United States with their uh, poison vaccines and all that all them deadly poison vaccines they're pushing. We know what's in them vaccines too. Let's see, that goes back to our favorite vaccine pushing eugenicist, Bill Gates, does it not, Sheila? Bill, I hate people, Gates. You mean the guy with penchant for vaccinating the world since, well, since the 70s. No wonder his dad was into population control. Yeah, he was, a, yeah. Bill Gates Sr. was a eugenicist. Like father, like son, Bill Gates Sr. was a eugenicist. Planned Parenthood, the head of Planned Parenthood. Our favorite vaccine pushing eugenicist, Bill Gates. Like father, like son, Bill Gates Sr. was a eugenicist. Yeah, it's funny how a computer developer has now become the world's renowned expert on all things vaccines, isn't it? Yeah, that is hilarious. No, uh, me and Addison were just going through that. He should be in jail for, he should be charged with crimes against humanity. Yes, he absolutely should, without a doubt. And for folks that did not see that incredible expose with Alex Newman, I called it Bilderberg Gates, you have got to watch it. I'll link that below in the description, but you have got to watch that show. It's got a couple clips of Alex Jones that are pretty rare clips, and then mostly Alex Newman, but it is a must-watch. Bilderberg Nazi Bill Gates. Well, it comes down to this, Wally, and here's the bottom line. One day, they'll even tax the air we breathe. Guess what? That's exactly what they're doing. And hey, you know what I say at the end? This is what Wally has on his Facebook post, and I think this is a good place to end. If you accept a vaccine, although we don't even call it that, we really call it a bioweapon, the poisonous jab from the pits of hell. If you accept a vaccine from a known eugenicist who wants to depopulate the world, your brainwashing is complete, isn't it? Exactly that, yeah. Absolutely. Well, folks, I've got Wally's information linked there and a direct link. Go follow him over there on Facebook. You will, well, you'll not be disappointed with that. Add him on Facebook and like his post and go down and watch some of his stuff. Well, Wally, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for coming back on. Well, thanks. It was fun. Do come back and see us again soon, please. We're well, looking forward to it. Folks, that was Wally Patterson. His information is linked in the description below. Make sure that you reach out to Wally and let him know you heard him on the program and thank him for taking the time out of his schedule to come on. I really enjoyed that show a lot and I hope he comes back and sees us real soon. Hey, I want to remind everybody, please again, do make sure that you are subscribed to my free weekly newsletter so that you can get the alerts for every Friday. I do the Sheila Zelensky report and that goes up on Rumble as well. So I really want to encourage folks since we have no more YouTube channel, make sure that you are subscribed to me over there on Rumble. The information is right down there linked below and make sure that you've bookmarked SheilaZelinsky.tv. You'll be able to find all your favorite guests, shows from the past as we load more and more content, tag it, and that search feature is going to be amazing for people. People have been asking for that for years. And we've been working on this website for a long time to find all the shows scattered out there. So it's been a huge undertaking, and I hope you really enjoy it very well. So don't forget this Friday, the Sheila Zelinsky Report. You want to be tuned into that. And then lastly, don't forget January 15th. So coming up in the new year, get registered for the Spiritual Warfare and Deliverance 201. A lot of people have been inquiring about that. It's a one-day training in January. Trust me, the times that we live in, you want to learn how to do spiritual warfare. And this is going to be amazing. So make sure that you take the School of Deliverance 201, Spiritual Warfare and Deliverance 201. 
Make sure you get signed up because spaces are limited. Go to SheilaZelinsky.com, go to training on the menu, and get registered today. Thank you for tuning into the program. We'll see you real soon. Good night, and God bless you.